are Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Head on over to your app store today and download Locker Room so we can talk about all things sports when I go live. Today's episode is another bandwagon playoff series, this time for the Nashville Predators, and I have Brian Baston of On the Forecheck on today to talk about Nashville and just everything about the city and why it's so great and why you should jump behind this awesome hockey team, even though they are currently down two games to none. But I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked on Flames. We have another playoff bandwagon episode today, and I'm here with Brian Baston of On the Forecheck, who is here to talk about the Nashville Predators. How are you, Brian? Hey. I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm good. It's uh, sunny and like 80 degrees in Boston, so I'm I'm thriving. Yeah, uh, I do want to say thank you. I'm very, very honored to, to be on with you, and uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, uh, I do want to apologize because we were supposed to do this this weekend, but uh, I got just violently ill, and so it's a little bit, it's a little bit, you know, we're game into it. The next game is tonight, but uh, we're here. We're here to do it, so better late than never. Thank you so much for coming on, and I really hope you're feeling better. And there's like nothing worse than just being under the weather. Oh yeah, it's it's you have to always specify now when when I tell I somebody okay I was sick and they're like oh, how no. sick were you I'm like no 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 not that sick so <laughs> no, finally it's it's not us upper respiratory it's you know that's right upper my uh, upper body injury yeah exactly <laughs> so. For those of us who didn't, you know, pay attention really to the Flames, like they weren't the primary team we were watching, uh, can you give us a little recap of what went down in this wonderful COVID (laughs) season? Yeah, so this was definitely a very interesting year. And so, um, as as most people know, Nashville last season did something that they probably should have done a couple years prior, but um, they, they fired Peter LaViolette about halfway through the year. Uh, was well at least what we thought was halfway through the year um hiring on john hines who had been recently let go from new jersey um and not a ton of people were super psyched about that um one it was done very quickly and you know he was just let go by another team um but you know he came in and i think he got to coach maybe 10 12 games before the season uh the season stopped i mean nashville had that march right after he started um, Nashville had those tornadoes that came right through downtown That's and then right. a week, a week, a literally a week later is when everything shut down. Uh, what's his name? The basketball player that touched all the mics. Oh, just, uh, oh my gosh. Rudy Gobert. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When he t- like, that was, that's always going to be the moment that I think of as like when the pandemic started, like, yep. I know it wasn't really it, but yeah. Uh, so that happened. And so then there was the you know, the long time off, then they came back to the playoff bubble and Nashville uh, was in the qualifying round and lost to, to Arizona uh, in, in that series, that five game series. And so they started the season with expectations that were, I would say, um, at least for, uh, for me, and I think most of the people there at the website, 
you know, this was going to be a year that was going to be a transition year. I wouldn't say that it's a, you know, it was going to be, we thought it was going to be a straight up like rebuild because there's still, there's still a lot of talent and there are players on the, on the team, but you know, uh, Nashville fans have been a little bit spoiled since, since the cup run. Um, you know, they won the, they won the, the president's trophy the year, a uh, year after that. And then they've won the central a couple of times since, which is something that they hadn't done before. Um, and so knowing that expectations were going to be, you know, okay, we fired LaViolette. Now let's get back into the playoffs and, you know, to the Western conference finals. But I think everybody was pretty, um, you know, I think they knew what this team was kind of going to be. It was going to be a, a bubble team um, at, at best. They could get into the playoffs. They may not. Um, they lost a, a few key players. Um, the biggest, I think, being Craig Smith, who um, got yeah. on fire last year. And he's you know, one of my favorites. He's one of those guys that people don't really, you know, outside Nashville especially, didn't really think of. But he's been, you know, one of those guys that's a consistent, you know, 20-goal scorer. He's, he's an analytics darling um but he he was a he was a free agent and he made the decision he took that less money um than he was getting from nashville to go to boston and you know i don't blame him um i don't know that for sure that was the reason why he didn't come back but i would make sense um another one uh that i've been i was pretty pretty upset about was a prospect that had been in the system for a few years uh, colin blackwell um who had a really great you know debut year with with nashville last season and they let him walk and he went to the New York Rangers and had also had a very good year. Um, other than that, there were a few other departures. Um, Austin Watson with all of his, his issues. Um, he, he got, he went to uh, Ottawa uh, on drafting. He was a trade, a draft day trade uh, to kind of get a new start. And he did pretty well. Uh, Kyle Turris, that whole situation between him and, and Peter LaViolette and David Poyle, he, his contract got bought out, which means we're paying him like $4 million or $2 million for the next six years or something oh like God. that. Yeah. It's, it's great stuff. Um, so, I mean, there was, there was some turnover, you know, and I think that the, the, the fan base and, and most of the people that the media had thought like, yeah, there's just, there's holes here and there, but this is going to be a year where they're probably going to play a lot of, a lot of the younger guys. Hey y'all, it's Jess popping in here. I hope you're enjoying the interview so far. And I do just want to talk to you about Locker Room. Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports. Head on over to the App Store today and download Locker Room so you can catch me talking about the Flames season wrap-up anytime this week. I think we're going to probably do a little thing on Saturday while I'm waiting at the airport. So thank you all so much for tuning into this season. You're definitely going to want to download the Locker Room app today, turn on notifications, and find me at Jess Belmosto, same as my Twitter handle, and follow me there so you know when I'm going live. Built Bar are the world's best tasting protein bars. You absolutely need them in your life. And I am somebody who loves uh, mixing sweet and salty, so the Built Bar website has plenty of options for that. Get your candy bar-esque protein bar today and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Um, and that did eventually happen. So they started the season, and the first beginning of the season was real rough. Um, they, I think at one point, I think about a month in, towards the end of January, 
they, I think Money Puck had him at a 2% chance to make the playoffs. Um, UC Saros, who was going to be kind of taking over as that full-time goaltender this season for Pecorine, uh, he had a disastrous start. Um, and it did not go very well. And so for a little while, he he was splitting starts again with Pecorine, who has, you know, he's, he's past his prime. He's still serviceable. He's still pretty good. But, um, you know, he then UC Saros came back and got injured. Um, and was out for about two weeks and then came back uh, towards the end of February, beginning of March, and was a completely different goaltender. Um, he's been, I think most people will say that he's probably been, I don't think he'll be the favorite to, to win in the Vesna because I think there's too many guys that are playing just out of their minds this season, but he's definitely catapulted himself into at least being a finalist. I mean, he, I'm trying, I mean, he, he's finished, I mean, he's top five and, um, and save percentage, he's top five and goal saved above expected. His GAA is is very good. I mean, he's just he's been the entire reason this season has turned around and Nashville has made the playoffs. So um it, that that's that was a really good surprise. But you know, a ton of injuries this season. I'm gonna knock on wood right now, but um Nashville, you know, one of the few teams that didn't have to deal with any COVID-related uh issues throughout the whole year. And considering, you know, they're here in Nashville, a city that was famously very slow to adapt, adopt, you know, being safe. Uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a credit, I guess, to the organization and the arena staff and stuff that they can manage to keep everything, everybody healthy for the most part, but lots of injuries. And so that youth movement that we, we talked about, uh, we got to see a lot of them. We got to see a lot of the guys, especially ones um, since Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Admirals, the AHL affiliate, decided not to play this last season. Yes. So Nashville split their AHL affiliate with um, with Carolina, actually, ironically, uh, with the Chicago Wolves. And so, you know, they didn't have as many players there as they may have wanted. And so a lot of them stayed up with the team and, and had gotten, you know, had extended uh, stints with them. So they finished the season. It took them down to the wire. They're basically into in a race the last three weeks for the last spot in the playoffs with the Dallas stars. Um, and, and they, I think they had won 11 of their last 13 games to end the season. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was something that I think a lot of people early on were pretty upset with, you know, John Hines is his system is no good and it's not helping anybody. Um, but then we started to see them put it together and, you know, this is the Nashville predators. They're never, I mean, I want to say, I don't want to say this is true, but they've never been a, a team that's going to be a high scoring team with a 40 goal forward. They've actually never had a 40 goal score in their, in franchise history. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, and I don't know what it is. I think it's just, we're just cursed, but they <laughs> never, the closest was I think four years ago, Victor Arvidsson had 34. Wow. Yeah. That is definitely something like I didn't know that. And I mean, the Preds have been I mean, obviously not around for a super long time, mm-hmm. but you know, you would think by now they'd have, you know, kind of an established. Yeah. I mean, you like really... a Patrice Bergeron up there <laughs> or something. Well, and that's the, that's the thing. And it's been something that I've, I've kind of worked on this for, I don't know, maybe a year or so. I'm not quite smart enough to to do everything, and I've been working on it off and on. But to figure out exactly why that they've never had that. I mean, recently, I'd say maybe in the last eight to nine years, um, with with Peter Laviolette and this current iteration, Nashville's been a team where they just keep churning out defensemen. Yeah. Um, that you know, and and that's you know, you you, you think include guys that are on the team right now, like Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matthias Ekholm. And to a lesser extent, Dante Fabro, who's still basically a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the guys that they've they've traded or have moved on. I mean, there there's Seth Jones, 
there's Shea Weber, you know, PK Subban was there. Um, they've had uh, Sammy Gerard, which I think when I started actually, you know, look watching the Preds to, you know, more than just as a fan, yeah. he was the first prospect I saw. And I was like, oh, God, I, I love this kid. I'm really excited to watch him be a Pred for a long time. They turned around and traded him. Um, and, I love when that happens. Yep. Such a great feeling. Yeah. I mean, so they turn out these defensemen and they draft them very well. But with forwards, it's it's pretty rough to be honest i mean looking at the roster right now there's only a handful of players that are actually nashville draft picks uh victor arvidson would be one um gosh colton sissons um yakov trennan who's a rookie yeah that's about it for forwards that's um, interesting you know i i'm not like someone who like keeps track of all of that at, mm-hmm. like off the top of my head but like you know, you look at other teams who have forwards that they have drafted and molded into, you know, those top goal scorers and things mm-hmm. like that. So I wonder if there's going to be, like you said, like that transition period where they end up drafting some forwards and finally kind of like take a take a chance on them and not trade them away. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing, because they, you know, they don't have that. I mean, you look at Philip Forsberg, which, you know, famously he was a Washington draft pick, but never, you know, did anything with them. Um, you know, he's a guy that is, you know, when you watch him, he's he's got skill. Um, but he, you know, he's topped out, I believe, at 33 goals in, in a season. Um, Victor Arvidsson, he, he, you know, he's got the lead. He's got, th- he had 34. But then the other guys on the list, uh, Paul Correa had 31. Um, James Neal had 31. Patrick Hornquist had 30. I mean, there, there's been some guys there. I mean, they've traded away some of their, they're actually, you know, really good forwards uh, guys like, um, you know, Kevin Fiala, who kind of seemed mm-hmm. to hit a, hit a wall in Nashville and then has found a second life in Minnesota. Um, there's guys like, um, gosh, I can't believe this is, there's, I'm not going to say anything Jimmy VC. He's, he was also there. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's a sore spot. Um you know, but there's, um, I can't, wow, I'm really upset with myself for not, Reglov, like Alexander Reglov, that whole situation, you know, yep. he he was there and then he left it. He has been a, a fantastic. So, I mean, they've identified some guys, but you look at some of the free agents that they've brought in, you look at the Ryan Johansons, the Matt Duchesne, um, Mikhail Granlin, those types of guys who have been goal scorers elsewhere. I mean, Matt Duchesne, you know, was, was known for just being a shooter. You know, he was, if nothing else, he was going to shoot the puck and score goals, but forwards come to Nashville and just kind of bottom out offensively. And, you know, what can't, can't keep blaming Laviolette for it, but right. You know, it's, it'll just be interesting. You know, they've got, they've got Ellie Tolvanen who, who played, you know, he played his first full basically pro season this season. Who's, He's that, you know, sniper type. He's actually shown a lot more of his game than I, than most people expected. But, uh, you know, he's there as a goal scorer. Uh, Philip Tomasino is there, was their uh, top pick in 2019 who's, I mean, he's exceeded pretty much everybody's expectations and I would not be surprised to see him next season. So there's some guys in the pipeline that, that could be good. Um, but, you know, again, it's going to rely on those defensive players. And, and that's kind of how the season went. Is they were a st- pretty strong defensive team at five on five, they actually managed to pretty much have identical stats five on five in their, in their eight games against Carolina, who they're playing in the playoffs. Um, but they just absolutely as, as again, another Nashville tradition, special teams were just God awful all year. And uh, that's kind of what sunk them. Even UC Saros, who had this amazing 
you know, uh, turnaround season and, and, you know, probably put him top five in Vesna voting, he's just managed to stay awful on, on the PK. And, and it's, it's pretty unclear why, but that's kind of been the story. So, you know, they were, they were counted out. Most people thought this, you know, I think the fans, their favorite thing was to say is just burn it all down, trade a bunch, all, all, all the players and start over, get a bunch of picks and just wait. Um, but that, you know, that all faded away as the team started winning. Uh, they had like a, their longest road trip in franchise history this season. And that's kind of where everything turned around. And so it's been real, it's been real fun to watch. Um, definitely. They've already played game one against Carolina losing uh, five to two. Um, what, which, yeah, they got spanked, but I think yeah, they, was- they, they were, they were tied. I mean, they, they went into the third tied two two. It was a pretty, yeah. you know, competitive game, but again, they just couldn't keep up. They tried to go a bunch of heavy players to try to slow them down and that did not work. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where they're at. It's been, it's been interesting. This has been my first full year of covering them, you know, in the building. Um, and it's been interesting. How was to that? I love Bridgestone. So oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. I will say this. So, um, I'm, I'm one of these people who, who moved to Nashville and can't stand country music. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it is, I mean, it, downtown, I mean, and that's uh-huh. the, you know, the arena's right there on Broadway. I mean, it's yep. tourist central. Um, but it's still a fantastic experience. I love, you know, as they started allowing more and more fans into the building, uh, I think the last few games they got, they allowed 40% capacity and wow. it, it, remi- it reminded me of what, you know, Bridgestone usually is, which is just deafeningly loud and rowdy and catfishes on the ice and you know, <laughs> chanting at the opposing goalie. Um, I got to see, I was part of this, these people, but I got to see thousands of people, uh, grown adults crying as, as Pecorine, you know, got his shutout yeah. in his final game. Oh. And yeah, it was, it was, whew, that was a whole, that was a whole moment. So, but it's, it was fantastic to do that. Um, you know, talking with John, the difference between John Hines and Peter Laviolette when it comes to like the media or answering questions is night and day. Uh, Peter Laviolette kind of always seemed like he wanted nothing to do with anybody. And he was during practices, he wasn't a, he had his assistants, you know, running drills and doing anything. Uh, John Hines, on the other hand, he is out on the ice and he's, you know, help running every drill, then stopping. And like, you know, he's got whiteboards and talking them through stuff and then getting them back out there. I mean, you know, no player is ever going to really come out and say it unless you're the Canucks, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's I think they're I think they're taking to to Heinz a whole lot more than they were for for Laviolette. And so that's been kind of good to see, too. I think that that's so awesome that, you know, they went from a coach who I mean, I don't want to say like disinterested or disengaged mm-hmm. from his job, because obviously, you know, like still working as an NHL coach, but like to somebody who is willing to go out there on the ice and work with them and say, okay, like this is what's working. Cut Mm -hmm. the crap when you're doing this out on the ice and stop doing it in practice. But just having somebody that is willing to work with you and especially like as a media member, being able to see the difference Mm -hmm. and have somebody who isn't as closed off and, uh, miserable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, it's, it's surprising because, you know, well, you'll ask him questions. Cause I, you know, I had a, had a conversation before the season started with, um, with Rachel Dory, who used to work with, with John Hines and the devils. And, uh, she does, you know, she's, she has her opinions on the devil's organization, but had nothing but, but praise for, for coach Hines and, you know, how adaptive he was to, you know, receptive to, 
ideas, you know, a whole analytics. I mean, I think all coaches kind of have a, a love hate relationship yep. with analytics, some more so than others, but you know, he'll, he'll engage when you, if you ask a question, you know, about something, you know, in that, in that area, he'll definitely engage you and, and talk to you about it, which is great. You know, there's no, you know, well, we just don't look at that. We don't pay attention to that stuff. Or, you know, you can see he talked a lot about, you know, he really wanted to focus on low to high passing um, and things like that, which, you know, kind of goes right hand in hand. And so it was really great to see that, um, you know, to be able to have those conversations to, coach that just will he'll remember everybody's names even though he technically can't see us when we do interviews but um it's just been a really it's been a really great turnaround i think a lot of the media members who've been doing this longer than i have have said that it's it's like a breath of fresh air at the very least you know if you just divorce it from the whatever you think of him as an actual coach so yeah and you know i just think that people including myself were very concerned about mm-hmm. bringing in John Hines because of how disastrous the Devils were and I mean, right. still are. But then you have to look at the bigger picture and say, you know, he's not the one making all of these decisions. Yes. And you can only coach so much. <laughs> oh, right. And that's, I mean, I will say this. I think there were some people who were like, yeah, fire him, even though it's been, he's, he signed a two year uh, contract. So he's only got, he's got a year left, but most, you know, most people were just like, you know, he's kind of working with whatever he's got. Um, I think the bigger, the bigger thing was that people were ready for, for David Poyle to, to step down. Um, you know, he's been the only GM since the team started in 1998. Um, and that was, that was kind of a position that even some of us were kind of on board with. And I, I don't think that I'm not going to say that I'm, not still on board with that because mm-hmm. I think that you know talk, we talked about the drafting situation with forwards and things like that and management of personnel that that new blood would definitely be definitely be welcome but we'll see how that goes um, but yeah I think Hines has done the best of a bad situation with I think he was they were the Predators were third in the league in uh, games missed from from injuries. Um, so, wow. you know, it's, it's, yeah. And that's, I mean, and again, that's not included in COVID, you know, the, I think the first right. team was Dallas and they lost, they, they lost a ton of games to, to, um, games being postponed. And so, you know, when you're, when you're losing guys, you know, they lost Roman Yossi for a good stretch of games, Ryan Ellis for a good stretch of games, uh, Philip Forsberg, Eli Tolvanen, uh, good, I mean, the list goes on and on as far as those injuries. And so it's, it's been, you know, I think I said it before the season, I didn't expect them to make the playoffs, but if they do, I think that's, that was a, is an accomplishment and that's, you know, consider the season a success if they just make it. And if they win, that'd be, fa- you know, win a round or two, that's fantastic. But you know, the just pr- getting there. yeah, getting there is the first battle. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, they, they exceeded my expectations. I don't follow them super close, mm-hmm. uh, but they are one of the teams that I do enjoy watching and, you know, when I went down to Nashville for the first time 10 years ago, I was like, oh, people here love their hockey. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt again, but I do just have to butt in for just about a minute to talk to you about Bet Online AG. And you already know that Bet Online AG is the number one trusted place here at Locked On Network. We fully uh, support their, you know, their websites and how it's ran and things like that. And you know that you are getting a good deal when we get that promo code and give it to you. So head on over to Bet Online AG today, place some postseason bets, 
and use promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up today for your free account and make your first deposit at BetOnline AG, your online sportsbook experts. I can get behind this. And it was playoffs when I went. Oh, man. They, they had the uh, car outside. Yeah, the smash that, car, yeah. Yeah, like that was so cool. I was like, Boston doesn't get to do anything like that. Like, there's no <laughs> for it. Yeah, that's true. But I just think that, it, like, Nashville in general is just such an awesome environment. But then if you're solely focusing on the hockey culture and things, it's so fantastic. And yeah. It's just like a, it's a warm weather market, I would uh-huh. say. So, like, it's just a non-traditional market that you wouldn't think would go so hard for all. Right, yeah. It, it's, it really is something because, and, and I'll be, I'm gonna, I've been, you know, pretty open about this, but I mean, uh, if you think about, you know, other fans think about the stereotypical Nashville fan, they think, yeah, they're bandwagon fans who jumped on during the cup, the cup run. Yep. Um, and yeah, that was me. I, you know, I didn't, I had watched some college when I lived in North Dakota as a kid, I'd watched a UND play when I was, you know, elementary school. But yeah. after that, uh, just didn't watch very much hockey at all. And so I, I got into it during the cup run. I had a, um, you know, I had a, a four-year-old at the time. And so there was a lot of late nights and things like that. And so I watched games and I was like, you know, I feel bad. I'm going to start, I'm going to start, I'm, I'm going to watch every game next season. And all this, you know, <laughs> two and a half years later, two years later, I'm writing for the site and doing some radio things. And I'm, I'm still questioning how it is I got here, but um, you and me it's, both. it's some, I really, yeah. yeah, no, I started because I was mad at the Pittsburgh Penguins. I wrote them an oh. open letter. And I've also been very mad at the Penguins. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like, it's just, I was like, how did this go from me blogging to hosting a daily podcast? But you know what? I'm not going to question it. Just go with the flow. Uh, it, yeah, that's all right. I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes things happen by luck or whatever else it could be. And it's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. But uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been. You know, it's it's really it really is something. The atmosphere is fantastic. I mean, during the cup run, they they filled out. You know, they couldn't get all you know more than the twenty four thousand or whatever in the arena. So they had just you know I think like three four thousand people all at, in different areas uh, outside of the arena watching on huge screens. And Broadway is always just just rowdy. As you know, there's between yeah. the the pedal taverns and the the things that are in the backs of pickup trucks that, you know, people are listening to music and just 1000 bachelorette parties every single weekend. Um, yep. it, it, they, they know how to play to the, to, you know, like you said, like the smash car and, um, you know, certain things like having, uh, having the country, you know, country singers come in, uh, you know, for, for guest things, especially like during the playoffs. Um, you know, there's been obviously famously Mike Fisher, uh, was yeah. married to Carrie Underwood and they're very big supporters, Faith Hill, or, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman are huge fans. Um, and so you see that and they, they know how to kind of cater to a market like Nashville where, you know, this is, this is SEC football country yeah. the Titans are here, but this is what this is. And I think what they, they managed to capture that SEC football type of, uh, atmosphere, uh, that, you know, that you're going to the cup and, you know, just p- people getting rowdy and, you know, getting that kind of hype for it. And, you know, they, they knew what they're doing. And I think they kind of helped set that blueprint for a team like Las Vegas, who is doing pretty, you know, they lean into it even more 
because they are just the gaudiest team I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there, it works for them, you know? And, and so it's, I'm really glad because, you know, there's a couple times in this team's history where they were close to being uh, shipped out to, you know, somewhere in Canada. I'm trying to remember where they were going to send them. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but they stopped that and everything's good. Craig Leopold left and things have been pretty, pretty nice since. Yeah. And I mean, I like I can get behind Nashville for so many different reasons, but why would somebody in Alberta, Canada, a Calgary Flames fan want to root for this team? Oh, wow. So, yeah, there's there's a few reasons, I think, um, you know, first of all, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to bring this up because I had asked some of my other uh, the other writers at the site, you know, what they thought, if they had any ideas. And and, and Nick um, very helpfully pointed out that that hurricanes are, are mostly water and that, you know, that's not good for flames. And I said, I'll make sure to include that. Thank you very much for your contribution. That really helps. Um, I had to give it to him, though, because that's exactly the dumb kind of joke I would make. So, but no, um, seriously, um, you know, we've got guys. Um, but Pecorina, I think, would be the first, you yep. know, he's one of those people that that maybe, unless you're a Blackhawks fan, he's kind of impossible to hate. I mean, he's been with the team for 15 years. Um, he he was drafted in a round that no longer exists. Um, he's just a big, tall teddy bear for, for you know, you know, he won the Vesna, Vesna two, three years ago. Um and he has been very, I mean, he's been one of those goaltenders. You don't see a Vegas situation. No. Uh, UC Thoros has kind of been the the guy, the heir, you know, the heir in waiting, I guess, for several years now. Um, both Finnish players, Soros lived with him for for several years. He call, Pekka calls him his son all the oh. time. Uh, it's, 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 it's adorable. It's freaking adorable because, like, he taught, like, I remember they used to do, prior to a couple years ago, they used to do a interview with the backup goalie during the second second periods and there'd be several times where Rene would be talking during a sorrow start and he'd be like oh 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 good that's my son that's my boy you know stuff like Aww. that and, yeah and it's it's awesome and he's been nothing you know he knows the last couple of years that his role is going to diminish his last year of his contract is this year and you know for all intents and purposes he's probably done yeah. but he's been I mean he's been the number one supporter of UC Soros and and you know bragging about him talking about how good he's been and just you know, he, he got into that backup role. Like it was just nothing. Like he's like, yeah, of course, why not? You know? Um, and it's, it's really great to see it. And even though he probably in the very hypothetical world that Nashville goes on a long playoff run, he probably won't play, you know, more than maybe one or two games, but seeing, I think for most fans, seeing him lift the cup would be probably one of the best things, you know, feelings in the world just because if there's anybody who you know embodies nashville hockey you know it's ever it's, it's, it's pecorina yeah and again the, nobody's ever had a mean thing to say about him um he'll be the first number they retire i they, they should probably build a statue of him out yeah. front um so yeah there's i mean that's i think that's the first reason and i think most people could agree with that you know that he's just he's just a fantastic guy um another reason is <laughs> If you, this would be a chaos pick. I mean, they would be a chaos team to, to make it through. I mean, first, if they beat Carolina, who finished a couple points out of, of you know, being tops in the NHL, then they, they're going to have to go and face Tampa Bay or Florida. And then, you know, likely Colorado. Um, if they start going on a run and they beat one or two of those teams, 
you know, it's going to look a lot like the run in 2017 where they were the last team to make the playoffs, um, you know, and went in against, you know, the, one of the best teams in the league in Chicago and swept them. Um, you know, it's that same type of mentality. The team had a lot of injuries. So, you know, that type of run was fun. And that's kind of where everybody discovered what, what Nashville hockey was. And, you know, them doing it again this year would probably be a very similar feeling because nobody expected them, you know, myself included, to even win, you know, to compete in this playoff series. And so it'd be a lot of chaos and it'd be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and yeah, I think that would be another. And then, you know, <laughs> this one's, you know, this one's probably another just based on a player, but watching Roman Yossi play hockey is something, it's just something special. I like, get, you know, it's, we, they've never had a, a generational guy like a, like a Connor McDavid or anybody like that. But Roman Yossi is uh, as close to as of a, a perfect defenseman, I guess, as, as you could probably yeah. get maybe, you know, not as much this season. He won the Norris last year, but I mean, he skates, they call him Nightcrawler on broadcast. And it's actually a really good nickname because he'll be on one side of the ice and then all of a sudden he's got the puck and he's gone all 100, 200 feet. I mean, just like nothing. He's, he's an excellent skater. He's, you know, he's the captain. He's not the most vocal guy in the world, but that's okay. Um, and you know, he's, I'm just going to say it, man. He's, he's, he's a real handsome dude. He's he just, is. he's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's very, the first, my very first media experience was uh, interviewing him after he had won the Norris and they did like a zoom call and yeah, I got to a- answer my question. He was just dressed in like a sweatshirt and some like, you know, sweatpants, like whatever the Roman, you know, whatever his equivalent of slumming it is, that's what he was doing. <laughs> and so I asked him my question. He's like, oh, thanks, Brian. That's a good question. And like me, you know, I was yeah. just like, oh, he's talking oh, to me. You. Yeah, he, but he's, I mean, he's a, he's a real nice guy. He does charity work. He's a fantastic guy. Um, and, you know, again, Nashville's not going to have a guy. Philip Forsberg may be the closest to, to, to being a forward that's going to score a bunch of goals mm-hmm. or, you know, make some kind of mind-blowing move like he did a couple years ago against Colorado. But Roman Yossi is just, is just a treat to watch. And uh, seeing guys like him and, and Ryan Ellis and, and UC Soros kind of play at this level and see how they do against one of the best teams in the league, it's real fun and I highly suggest it, you know, that people at least try to tune in. I don't know how much of our games you guys get there, but. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I, I'm fully on the Nashville bandwagon. They are awesome. I mean, like I have Boston cause like born and raised there, but like, you know, obviously got a root for them, but Nashville's my second team. So. Wow. That's nice. Yeah, they're, they're pretty great. Uh, the city holds a special spot in my heart, so I think it'd be unfair to root for to not root for them. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, Nashville for me took took a little bit of getting used to, but I mean, it's it really is. It's been a great place. They've they've it's been through a lot in the last few years, yeah. um, and and, and they've really rallied around this team. Yeah, and I think that people have like already forgotten about the incident on Christmas Day. That yes, really- yes, they did. And, you know, I think that, you know, on top of just the natural weather disaster nonsense that unfortunately happens there, you know, mm-hmm. there's just outside forces. But to have a hockey team that I feel like sports are an amazing way to bring people together. Music oh, is too. So to have mm-hmm. like two, like those two things right there is just, mm-hmm. it, it's great. It's really yeah. a way to rally people together and 
a community. Yeah. I will say this, like I'm the odd man. I'm the weird one in this town. Like when I said I don't like country <laughs> music, like I'm the weird one because I know that, you know, hockey players are are they all love that type of stuff, you know. And and so I mean I know that this fits in with uh with the aesthetic and and you know the kind of the culture as much as a <laughs> a city in the state of Tennessee can fit in with hockey culture, but um, you know, it's it's they. I think people have really got it, and players like coming here. I mean, yes, there is the fact that there's no income tax, but um, oh, I didn't, I didn't like know that. Here. Oh All yeah, right. that's why some well, of their some of these contracts have been really really nice because they're they're you know pretty team friendly because they they're not paying uh, they're not paying that income tax. So you know that's how they're able to afford that eleven million dollar contract with PK Subban and. <laughs> Uh, the two $8 million contracts with Johansson and Duchesne, which, you know, that's always a constant topic. Um, but yeah, and I was trying to, I was trying to think of, you know, for Calgary, you know, is, is there other players that are former Preds or are there, you know, like your rivalries or anything, but you know, and <laughs> the only former Predator that I see on, on the roster, at least that have played is, is Zach Ronaldo and, um, yeah, nah. yeah uh, no, let's just not, yeah, we can just, we can just forget about that. Um, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Johnny Gaudreau, um, yep. you know, so I'm just going to do that to kind of be like, no, see, I, I love Donnie, uh, Johnny Gaudreau, so that should help. Uh, you know, you guys, have, I've really enjoyed watching them play, the few chances that we do get to watch them mm-hmm. play, but, you know, I don't I don't have any, I don't have any beef with Calgary, not with none whatsoever. I'm, <laughs> you know, I think every other Canadian team I have personal issues with for, you know, a game or something like that, but I've got no problem. Yeah, Calgary uh, the Flames. They're, so. they're a nice team. They're, they're good people. Yeah, I like I, them. From what I can tell. <laughs> they'll, they'll, I think so too. So, but yeah. So, is there any other, you know, anything else y'all you all want to know or? No, I think. Well, first, I want to say thank you for coming on and oh, taking thank time out of your day. I appreciate it, and obviously, go Preds. I'm so excited to watch them tonight. <laughs> um, and what? Where can we find your work and where can we find you on social media? Awesome. So um, if you are familiar with me, you know that I am just terminally online um, during hockey season. You can see me on Twitter at Brian Bastin. That's B-R-Y-A-N-B-A-S-T-I-N. I write for On The Forecheck. I haven't done as much writing this season because of the team coverage and game coverage, but all the work that I do is there on the forecheck. Um, also, this season, uh, I've been doing um, local radio here, doing a segment. They, somebody wanted me to spend five to ten minutes every day talking about analytics, you know, and that's, again, still blows my mind that people ask for that. But um, that's that's on the, the show's The Renegades of Puck on, on WNSR. Um, you can stream it at their website, WNSR.com. They have On Demand. It's on Spotify, I think, now. That's and awesome. I'm occasionally on our own or on the four check podcast uh, when, when we do those. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, when it comes to Nashville stuff, it shouldn't be hard to find me at least, <laughs> you know, whether I'm right or wrong or, you know, making a good opinion or not, that's, that's up for debate, but I'm there. So that's no one can awesome. say I'm not. Yeah, no, <laughs> seriously. Thank you so much. And I'm so glad you were able to come on. I'm glad you're feeling better. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure when you asked me. I was so excited. And so I'm, I'm very, very happy to be able to, to help. I've always been a fan. So. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. I, you know, I'm a fan of your work too. It's, it's and the truth. No, that, that really you. means a lot. So I'll definitely have to have you back on uh, maybe sometime this off season just to, you know, break up the drought of 
hockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, know. it's going to be, we got the expansion. I was thinking about, I was like, oh man, this, you know, if they, depending on how far they go in the playoffs, like I'll be able to breathe a little bit, you know, yeah. I'll be getting up at 5 a.m. to do the radio every day and stuff like that. And then I was like, no, wait, we've got the expansion draft and the actual draft. And then, oh man, like, yeah. so. And then it'll be like free really before we know it. And mm-hmm. oh my God, I can't. <laughs> It never ends, yeah. but I love it. Yeah, it doesn't end. Yep, that's right. So thank you so much, and I will talk to you soon.